0: This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios this is the k12 tech talk podcast episode 141 141 i am josh with you weekly with me is mark hello and chris is here tonight we're unsure if he has a stable internet connection or a working pc but he's here for now Hello, i'm here boys hello I'm here hello chris <laughs> um, so hopefully Mark hit record on the video, and this will be our first uh YouTube video uh that we upload after we kind of play with it and edit it a little bit. So it might be posted a little bit after the audio gets posted to major streaming services. Uh, but welcome. Follow our page if you're not following us on YouTube. If you already download the podcast or subscribe to the podcast, go hit like and subscribe, smash the like and subscribe button over on YouTube uh, at K12 Tech Talk Podcast. Um, we're over there now. We're, uh, since Google is killing off Google podcast and making it all YouTube based, we're, uh, we're making that change boys. So it has been a week. I think when I jumped on with Mark, I said, it's been a week of me complaining at vendors about the same problem. Mm. Multiple, 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 multiple times looking at you, Google and infinite campus. Um, so yeah it's been a tiring week and it's thursday you look tired buddy i am tired man i got a new toothbrush tonight though i went to walmart got a new
1: toothbrush um (laughs) you know that's a that's that's a mean thing to say chris i i I learned the hard way you you cannot tell somebody that they look tired because that's a really bad bad and my
0: birthday is coming up chris i'm feeling a year older like it's just rude chris looking good Josh thanks mark looking strong I need a haircut though
2: looking young I uh, I'm just gonna admit I listened to the last episode you guys talked bad about me uh, Eric N- from Oklahoma wherever I could get I could give a care less who he is whatever I know he went through a lot but I'm sure he's gonna be fine but you guys encouraged him like maybe it was gonna be like a little quick interview if I bail in I don't appreciate any of that that's really what I wanted to say that's why I'm talking about your hair Josh <laughs>
1: I was not a part of that conversation. That was, that was all Josh.
0: Yeah, so last week we did interview Chris from, Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Eric from Oklahoma yeah. City Public Schools. I know, I'm on
2: your mind, I'm in your heart. I know, I'm not replaceable. Uh, about
0: their uh, ransomware incident of, uh, what was that, Mike Mark, May of uh, 2019, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Where
2: he didn't even show up to work that day when they were hit. So... Um, yeah, I feel like you guys should have grilled him a little bit harder on that too. He didn't come in because well, of a headache. You know, you know what, what, Chris, if not. you would have shown up,
0: if no. if you would have shown up, you would have you could have asked those hard-hitting questions, but that's not who that's not how who Mark and I are. Yeah, I know.
2: Headaches and migraines, um, they're different. I know. They are oh, yeah, I used to have migraines. Boy, they're horrible. I get it, um, Eric. Whatever.
0: You know, you know, um <laughs> God. You know what won't give you a headache though? Uh Fortinet networking gear. We'll we'll just say networking gear, their full stack of of appliances from firewalls to switches to EDR clients to authenticating clients to uh their VPNing to maybe a porta potty. Um Chris, who do who do listeners want to reach should read who who, yep. who should listeners reach out to? if they want to know more about Fortinet.
2: Chris Illingworth, uh, but you can email him at Podcast at fortinet.com. And I was just talking to Chris and one of the big quick takeaways that we had in this conversation was Fortinet, you think of them for firewall. We crack all kinds of Forta jokes, uh, but they have several clients and customers that don't have firewall that they got started with Fortinet products with a Forta token with, uh, other Forta items. Uh, so check out Fortinet in general with their whole list of uh, all that they can offer in particular with their firewall. Yeah, but they do a whole lot more than that.
0: And they've been around for quite a while. So yeah, give, give Chris a, an email. Actually I had somebody this week reach out to me and say, Hey, we're talking to, to Chris and we told him we heard about you on, the, on the podcast. So uh, if you talk to Chris, let him know you heard about Fortinet from us. Uh, we, we would appreciate that. So Mark is our little. Uh, let's see. How do we say this? Mark is our. Is our he? He's our newsboy. He's our little he newsboy. He scours the headlines for little newsboy. Mark, come
2: on up here, buddy.
0: <laughs> we need. He needs intro music. Already. Um, <laughs> he he uh, scours the headlines for K twelve technology headlines, and I think he has two headlines for us tonight. Do yeah.
1: It, Tonight's theme is all about surveillance and privacy. So we've got two headlines about this one. Uh, they are from the, the last few weeks, but uh, New York state has banned sur- uh, facial recognition in schools. This is an interesting headline. Uh, so they've, they've had a lot of uh, discussions at the state level uh, and they have said they have banned facial recognition. However, they did leave the door open to, uh, what's kind of called fingerprint recognition or basically you're using a facial recognition technology to like unlock a device so they have opened that up but okay. they do not want facial recognition used for any sort of kind of like that the uh, safety or or surveillance cameras where that can you know take your face and recognize you in another location so that's been banned at the state level uh be interesting to see if that kind of takes off uh and if there are schools using facial recognition recognition if that you know, suddenly leads to a, uh, a stop or a, or a change in course. Do you guys, how do you handle facial recognition? Has that conversation come up in your districts?
0: I can't say the conversation has come up, but I, I know that, you know, we we've been big into looking at different security camera systems and replacing some camera systems. I know that's one of the big features mm-hmm. that a number of vendors are touting now. And, and you can, you know, Verkata, Ava, Vigilon, all, all the big players out there have that, it seems like, built into a number of product lines now. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how those players re- react to this or handle this for the state of New York. And will that start a, a bigger trend across the nation mm-hmm. um, for a facial wreck? I, I will say we've demoed um, I think we demoed two of, no, all three of those that I've mentioned, um, and some other ones, And I, they work, but they're, I don't know, they're not quite there yet to be one of those, like, you know, you see CSI and show me his face, follow this guy. And it pulls yeah. up a thousand different cameras. They're not there yet, but the, the baseline of, of facial rec. Yeah, it, it's there. I just don't know how, how good it really is. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with this.
2: Chris, do you think quick take on the camera system stuff? Do you think you could still recognize faces, but just not tie them to names, like not tie them to students like you could look for the face of Little Johnny and all the places he was at for the school day, but not put Little Johnny's name in a database and be clear? You know what I mean? That you could still use that technology, but not tie it to student data, per se. I...
0: The way I would read it, if they're banning facial recognition, they're banning the function of finding that face in a sea mm-hmm. of faces is the way that I would, I would perceive that or interpret that. Mm-hmm. Mark is our resident lawyer. What do you think?
1: Well, uh, my city actually also has a ban on facial recognition. Um, and so we had to, when we recently did a, a, a review or a, an acquisition of new cameras that had to be built into our RFP. Hmm. Um, so when it came to demos of that section, we had to really ask them, you know, when your product is pulling up clips based on, on recognition, what is it doing? Um, what we found was most of the camera providers, theirs was like a clothing recognition. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the scenario is I've, I've found clip of a person and he's wearing a red shirt and blue jeans. You find me other clips that match that. And it's not perfect because you're going to pull up a -hmm. lot of people that are wearing the same thing. But it wasn't recognizing the face. Uh, So that's something that, you know, and I think the majority of scenarios that you're going to go through, you're looking for a character of a person you don't know based on their clothing recognition, which is very, very different than facial recognition. face, Face is saying, like, to your point, Chris, this is what Chris's face looks like. Find me, you know, other instances, as opposed to I'm looking for somebody with a red shirt and blue jeans. Could be, you know, apples to apples, but you know, we were, we were very particular not to have any sort of facial recognition in our uh, camera system.
0: Well, and I, I, to that point, Mark, I think those are two very, very different recognition types. Like when, when you say facial or when I think facial recognition, I'm thinking of that, that measurement, measurement process that they go through, you know, the distance between the eyes to the nose, to the, you know, facial feature type stuff, and then recording those attributes so that it could be searched again in the future. Like you said, clothing is completely different than than recording the whatever those metrics are, those measurements are that it takes of a face. Yeah, um, because, yeah. you know, God forbid that system becomes breached and that that recognition um, fingerprint, for lack of a better term, gets gets taken.
2: Right. Is this talking to about like your like Windows Hello stuff like we can't do logins with. Well, so facial recognition technology, I guess. Yeah.
1: So yes and no. Right. So facial recognition, you could fall into that category. But New York State left the door open for that because they did say that, uh, you know, there are certain security applications uh, that that would be helpful using facial recognition, pass keys, those kinds of things Mm -hmm. um, using a face or a fingerprint. And and those are technically different in how they operate, right? When you are storing a passkey using facial recognition, it is actually local on the device, or should be local on the device. So it's it's a it's different in its purpose and it's different in its technology. So uh, I think you know the the words of how if you're going to ban facial recognition, w- what you're saying or uh, of of what that means is is very important.
2: So you don't accidentally ban security components. So Do you guys. Uh... On your phones, do you do passcodes? Do you do you like your fingerprint? Do you do your face? What do you do? Yes. Yes. You do all of them. Yeah. Why not? You know, this is going to sound like <laughs> I got something to hide. <laughs> <laughs> I. I guess I'm like against government. Okay. Yeah. Well, you did so, want to move to
0: New Hampshire, so.
2: Yeah. It's Free true. The, what's what did they Free say? Free stater. Yeah. Live free or die. Anyway, Live free or die. Um, The government can make me put my finger on my phone to unlock it. The government can make me make my face. Like, they can force you to, like, do that. But they can't make you tell your passcode. Because
0: that would be
2: Fifth Amendment know. stuff. Like, I can't incriminate myself. You know I what I'm don't saying? know that
0: they can
1: make you put your finger on there. Did you learn this on Facebook, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's not true? <laughs>
0: I'm not 100% sure those statements are accurate. I think that stands okay. up. Okay. Um, I think well. we should move on to the next news story, Mark.
1: <laughs> the next not article. That I'm hiding anything. <laughs> the next article is. Uh, the ACLU and and probably Chris too, and probably um, are, Chris too, are sounding the alarm on school surveillance technology. So this kind of t- <laughs> t- extends that conversation a little bit uh, to talk about school surveillance technology that probably all of us have, whether or not you're using it or not as surveillance, but the ability of a school to kind of uh, either view uh, students' emails and alert if certain keywords come up uh viewing the screens has definitely been uh something that the aclu has talked about uh so this was you know there was some some unsettling statistics they talked about um uh 32 said that the uh of students said that they they feel that they're always being watched no matter what they do um and then 24 percent of students said that they feel it makes them feel limited in what uh in their access to online resources so these surveillance technologies are not just monitoring you but almost stopping you or limiting you from where you you need to go for personal or for education purposes. So, um, they did recognize though that there are, you know, there are there are applications where these are necessary and so they they didn't say we're we're trying to stop all the surveillance technology but they did leave with four pieces of advice when you're, uh, looking to adopt kind of surveillance technology and that surveillance, like I said, it has a very broad category of email monitoring, screen rousing, those kinds of things. But they did say first define your problem, make sure that you, when you're applying these technologies that you are, you, you know what the problem is and the technology is, um, going towards solving that problem and not just saying, I'm going to monitor screens just because I might need to, um, Then identify the pros and cons of that technology. Once you have the problem defined, Um, seek input from your school community. Uh, And I would define that to say teachers, students, and parents. Um, And then, you know, develop an analysis of the benefits versus the costs and potential harms. Um, So I think what the ASLU is saying, these are concerning. These are having an impact on students. Um, And so, you know, we need to be a little bit more thoughtful before we start applying surveillance technology um either overtly or or covertly so <clears throat> uh
0: so just a couple thoughts or statements about this uh, articles like this i think need to be a discussion uh, uh, um kind of addressing concerns and addressing what we have to do as schools number 1 um you know, it. Every I'm sure everyone listening to this knows. You know, there are certain requirements that we have to comply with um, to be e-, e rate eligible, yada yada yada, that kind of thing. So, to me, that that's and box we take the yada one.
2: yada yada very seriously.
0: Yes, that's that's <laughs> box number one that we we have to do. Um, and I feel like in a number of these articles that are are kind of bashing this kind of surveillance state or this nanny state fail to mention that in almost every article the other thing and and this goes back on schools if you are using a screen monitoring utility for classroom management whatever to make sure kids aren't screwing around on games when they should be working on a google doc whatever um i think those tools need to have very strict guardrails And, and and the first example that comes to mind is that tool tool is only available to a faculty member that has that kid in class and that tool is only available during school hours. So once the school day ends, that final bell, that tool isn't available for anybody, let alone a teacher that doesn't have that kid in class. Um, And I think those are reasonable, those are reasonable kind of guardrails to to establish um, with anybody, honestly. And I think even people that are against these these type of nanny tools could agree to those um i i don't know that that's just kind of the way i look at this
1: we've had a lot of conversations about uh email monitoring tools and the pros and cons um and it has not been an easy conversation to have um but we've really been very thoughtful about those kinds of tools before rolling anything out and and at you know at this point we're we're not ready to as a community Um, We do have screen monitoring tools that our teachers can use um, to allow them to see students Chromebooks. But we were very, very explicit at the beginning that every teacher has to take a very short self-paced course on how to use it. And part of the course is to read the ACLU's concerns about these types of tools. Hmm. Um, And we do the same thing as you mentioned, they cannot use them outside of school hours. They, you cannot use them off the network. Um, And that was a, I will say that was a big contention point during COVID when teachers wanted to be able to see that. Oh. We said, this is this is a bridge too far. Um, and we've put uh, a stop when um, what we described to be uh, a teacher enhancing tool, when it then becomes used as a surveillance tool. So a teacher um, needs to be able to use this in their classroom when they can't physically see all the screens because the screens are up and you can't see right. them from, from where you are but they're not allowed to use them from one room to the next. Uh, that's where, you know, we've said that bridges oh, into a surveillance tool sure. and, and out of a classroom management tool. I I, th-
0: I think before Chris says whatever he says, I think this deserves a, uh, a Pate-ism, a, a Pate-ism in honor of Pate. The best app for surveillance is the good old two feet, two eyes, walk your f- ass around the room app. Um, so hat tip to Pate for that now chris what were you gonna say
2: i always used without the cursing i used to say that as well <laughs> and i think that's so funny because it's just it's the tech guy sitting in the seat like we're the ones behind <laughs> yeah, the yeah. like i'm sitting yeah. in my chair i'm like you to walk around your room or... <laughs> <laughs> no Pete. Pete was right Pete's right yeah yeah
1: well, those are the listener emails. Uh, or sorry, not the listener. Those are the news for the week. Wrong
0: uh, segment, Mark. Geez. Sorry,
2: sorry. What a screw up! The landing <laughs> news, newsboy. <laughs> Go out
0: there and sell us some newspapers, Mark. Jeez, <laughs> I'm on it. All right. Well, Mark Might, goes out and throw run, him in man. the
2: wrong yard, but
0: yeah, he probably would. Um, He's got his little newsboy, that Boston Scally cap on, his little new newsboy hat. And there he goes. He's running. Look, he's going off into the street. Um, so while Mark runs off and sells newspapers, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us about Extreme Networks real quick?
2: Extreme Networks, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email our friend Dominic uh, D. Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, at extremenetworks.com. Uh, he can hook you up with all of your networking needs. Uh, I've talked about this just a little bit. I'll continue to talk about just a little bit. Uh, I'm doing their Cloud IQ stuff now, as well as Side Engine. Uh, I'm getting weekly backups of all my Switch configs. Uh, then Cloud IQ is pretty cool. You can make templates. Uh, not having to jump into Putty uh, and do command line stuff as much anymore, I can make a template in the GUI, and it's not a clunky GUI uh, anymore. It's finally starting to feel like a 2023 uh, kind of Switch world. Extreme how, Networks. I, I, how do you reach Dominic D. Mayer at D. Mayer at ExtremeNetworks. dot com?
0: You know, y- you mentioned Putty. I I really like Putty, um, and especially this the silly version of it. Mm. Get it? Yeah. Uh, so let's move. <laughs> <laughs> let's. <laughs> you guys are ruthless. Um, look, Mark's back. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's, let's get into, um, some of the stuff that we've been seeing on K12 tech pro Chris, who, who are, who are this, who is this K- K12 K tech pro website?
2: It's K12. Look at the shirt. Oh yeah. K12 tech com. Uh, I actually posted, I lightly posted about K12 tech pro on, uh, K12 sysadmin subreddit today. Oh, did you? Uh, I fully respect. Are 42,000 users on that subreddit. So, like lightly, you know, we're not a vendor, we're not a sponsor, we're helping the uh, vet and do the moderation. Uh, So, just trying to get information out there about what K12 Tech Pro is because it's a vetted private community. Uh, We vet you to make sure that you're actively employed in the K12 Tech department. And you can have those same conversations you're having on uh, the K12 SysAdmin subreddit. Only can get a little bit deeper because you can talk about things that we don't have middle schoolers trolling on. We don't have vendors uh, paying attention to what you're posting there because they're not allowed uh, in there. So you can join that. It is a subscription based platform, but we have sponsors uh, that pick up the full tab. Uh, and we've never, and that's the whole point, is that we're not going to run out of sponsors. Uh, so if you don't want to pay, you don't have P money, PD money to pay, just click sponsorship. We're happy to do that. Uh, and then you come hang out with us. We do weekly video calls as well to check in, uh, but good topics on there. We're going to unpack one of those now, I think.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm kind of surprised you just got the K12 tech pro t-shirt. My K12 tech pro wave runner showed up uh, last <laughs> week. Um, nice. So tell us about Prove it. Uh, what Prove Jay, it on the video. Uh, I can't, it's dark outside. <laughs> um, tell us what Jay, Jason listener or uh, member Jason, listener, Jason or Jay, whatever he goes by, posted about Google.
2: You really set me up for that. Is this? Jay's? It's not like
0: we didn't talk about this before the show. Which Chris.
2: which which Google? Don't we have two Google things going on? No, we just have the one. No, right? we
0: have one Google thing and one other thing. You talk about the it's grade the export. Pay... Oh, I got yes. you. Yes.
2: Yep, we got someone posting. Well, this is Jay giving a heads up to anyone who hasn't seen this. Looks like Google is moving their grade export feature to be. Part of the paid tier starting July 1st, 2024, and there's a we can put a link to this in the podcast yeah. description. Mark was under the impression it was already underpaid, but there's definitely yeah. a date listed here, so something there's has changed. D-
1: yep, yeah. so if you're on the free tier, that is moving to the paid tier,
0: which you know, and I, I think we kind of talked about this already too that this leads into the bigger discussion with Google about putting things like that behind the paywall. They've gotten really good. They got everybody sucked in and they got their hooks in them, this free ecosystem. And now they're going to start putting more features behind the paywall and, and moving some feature, features that were free behind the paywall. Um, and we've, we've mentioned it several times before that several features like the investigation tool, conditional access. Um, if Google's going to say they're secure, we're by not design, happy about it. Yeah. Uh, hey, Google um, that if, if that gonna, should
2: be a new bit, Josh.
0: Yeah, I think it should. we got to do it every this week. This is though. the Hey Google bit. Yeah, the Hey Google. Hey Google, move conditional access and investigation tool out from the paywall. Um,
2: yeah, if you sign a thing that says you're going to be secure by default and you're like pledging for it, then prove it. Secure by design, Chris. Get it right. Um, what do I say? Secure default. by default. Yeah, That's the same thing. That's the same thing.
0: So another thing with Google. Um, if- I'm
2: from the show me state, Google. show me goodness awfully aggressive it's almost like you blocked cell phone signal or something this camera's Um, giving me like a new like i feel like i'm i'm a new version of myself why if you're gonna make it secure (laughs) google prove it
0: okay (laughs) um if you haven't been been hit with the third party app thing um this week was the week that Google started enforcing that on the 23rd. So I'm sure if you uh, didn't have all your ducks in a row that you were getting phone calls about apps that were no longer working with student logins, that third party app thing. Um, really, we, I guess we were in good shape cause we didn't get any calls this week about it. Um, I was kind of surprised.
2: Well, we really appreciated, I want to take a second. Oh, we really Chris. appreciated all the vendors. Oh, the third yeah. parties. Yeah. <laughs> Not you, but just as I, all the all you vendors listening, we loved that you told our teachers um, to make sure that yeah. they don't protect the departments. Like it was that yeah. was a great move. That was a great move Marks. for you to do that. Um, just a couple of days before the deadline, too. I just thought that was yeah. a my
1: favorite was the um, the vendor who sent an email uh, with a subject line in <laughs> all caps to the teachers to tell us to unblock their app before Monday. Even emails? though we had already done all this, <laughs> yeah, right. It was already <laughs> exactly. done and already in place. Yep. The all caps email, mass email, uh, really just that sweetened my day. Well, Mark,
0: you yeah. only have what thirty four thousand teachers or something, so that that was probably thirty six thousand yeah. emails.
1: Yeah, it was a. It was a. <laughs> let's just say it hit that threshold where the email sender became uh, marked as spam. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And I am not lifting that (laughs) log.
0: That's great. Oh, that's great. So, um, let's see admin. So kind of non sequitur here, but if you are an E-rate person, um, admin window did open this week. So if you need to go in and, Adjust your enrollment numbers and your free introduced lunch count numbers. Uh, you can do that now. That window will, will remain open until closer to the time of the 471 deadline. So uh, get, your, get your enrollment and FRL numbers updated. Chris, what else? I appreciate I, do, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, we got an email from our state coordinator today or the other day about it. Um, Chris, what other content are you bringing us tonight? I have something else. Uh, do we want to talk about the Mark. the <laughs> listener post about the cell phone thing? We won't. Yeah, we won't I got you. Say.
2: All right, we got, we got, we got, we got. Sure, you want me to take ahead. it? It's in chat. That's
1: what I was pointing to. It's in ah, the chat. Yeah, if you yeah. Just, yeah.
0: Well, you were pointing at my head the way I look at uh, whatever. Sorry.
2: Chris, read chat. I feel like I feel like you just you guys just like lead me along. We're good coworkers. Okay, I found yep. it in the chat. So this was on K 12 Tech Pro as well. We're not gonna say who it was um, from. A we're not student. Say who it was from. Right, we're not, we're not, we're not. If you wanna know who it's from, jump yeah. on K 12 Tech Pro. A student stole iPhone from the desk. the teacher's desk, right? Re- yes, yes. Remove the SIM card. Uh, teacher must have left it in a stairwell or something use the SIM card to gain access to phone number, use the phone number to hack into two personal email accounts and change passwords. That's heavy. And then it gets heavier from there, took over the Venmo account, had access to credit card, made three requests for money from different people. Uh, then the teacher ends up regaining control of the phone number and the SIM card. All that's been disabled. Uh, did, did, end up regaining access to the email accounts and the Venmo account. Uh, But you can see all the attempts that were made. I mean, a student got some great control. So uh, it was posted to Keto Tech Pro to tell that crazy story, but to also hopefully, and this was the prompt that the person gave us, this is some great conversation about protecting your data, being able to look at logs, actually obtaining logs because the tech department got to help uh, track some of this down and they could verify what the kid was and was not doing, uh, on the district level with, with that information. Isn't that crazy? So
0: I, yeah, one, does this rise to the level of classifying this as identity theft? Yes. You, you think so, Mark? a hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and one of the one of the comments that really struck home with me out on K twelve Tech Pro about this um, was, we fight we fight we we constantly have fights with teachers about locking their workstations, and have that discussion. We can't get through. We can't get the seriousness of that situation through to them, mm-hmm. and they leave their phone on their desk, and it gets stolen by a kid, and then they lose access to personal email accounts, their Venmo account. God knows what else. Mm. Um, so how how do you even begin to have these conversations and kind of hammer this ho- hammer this home, make it real even more? Um, I don't know.
1: I, I think that that story is obviously an extreme story for a student to do that, but it's still a lesson for, for anybody that SIM card swapping is a thing. Uh, and, and it, and it can be done. So I think it's definitely a very valuable lesson, whether or not it's going to be very common for a student to do that is extreme. However, leaving your phone out for a student to take it can, can easily lead to those kinds of things. All it takes is a student to pick up your phone go to Venmo and boom. Um, so I, I mean, I think part of it is culture, uh, is, is building that culture. So, so when you walk into a room and it's unlocked, it's not just you saying that, that there are other people that can say that. Um, but man, that is the most extreme student issue I've, I've ever seen.
2: Well, I mean, kind of, it's this bout, like, I was
0: just going to say, walk through a random building in your district. And like you said, Mark room, room unlocked or teacher steps out for a quick second. Where's her phone? Where uh, that that's making an assumption. Where's their phone? Um, let alone is the desktop locked, but Mm -hmm. how quickly it. Let's say the teacher steps out. The class is still in the room. Her cell phone, their cell phone is on the desk. That kind of nefarious student sees this opportunity, swipes the phone. How long would it take a typical teacher to realize that their phone has gone missing? And is that time that has elapsed long enough for a smart kid to take the SIM card out and dump the phone in the stairwell? And start this whole process of trying to log into a personal Gmail account, getting a text code, because the teacher probably has text, MFA enabled, getting that text code and gaining ac- like we're a smart kid, a smart, evil genius. Less than what do you think? Ten minutes.
1: On the outside. I, I mean, if you know what you're doing in a phone, if you know where you're going. Right. Right it's seconds. Um, and so I think that's the hard part is you, you, you want schools to feel like a safe haven, a safe place. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, you do need to take just basic precautions. And I think those precautions extend, not just to school, but anywhere you are just, you know, don't leave your cell phone down for for a second don't just like we tell people when you're at a bar don't leave your drink you know out of sight but for out a second and so it just it just takes a second um and it's not an easy one
0: okay this is gonna kind of this is probably gonna date me as far as how old I am but I think (laughs) having a teacher having their cell phone out during a class period like that and having it available kind of leads to a little bit of professionalism too. like, should you really, I, I understand having your cell phone on you. I, I get that. It, it's just the, the way things are. Mine's always in my pocket. I get it. Mm. But having it out and accessible like that during a class period, I mean, I don't know. I'm, we're we're going to move on from that rant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't send me your letters. I, I, I
2: get enough. Don't, to I, me, I don't, to, to- To me, too. Years ago, like my uh, cybersecurity awareness month was full on focused about, you know, lock your computer, lock your door, all that fundamental basic, the attacker is going to be a kid kind of thing. And then cybersecurity uh, things happened and bad guys arose all over the world and now we're being attacked externally. And that's a lot of the focus of cybersecurity awareness programs now is the phishing stuff and all that kind of thing. So I think as a tech department too, you could check yourself on this. Did we miss some of the fundamentals? Uh, Are we reminding the teacher that they should not have the phone out? Are we reminding the teacher of the risks that can come with students or, you know, employees doing the bad thing? If we put so much focus in the bucket of the bad guy's going to come and get us through the internet, maybe too. I I think some of that goes back to
0: that ongoing cyber training that, that we're all probably supposed to be doing, like some of those videos and stuff. Um, I can't say that I've really seen a cyber video, like one of those training videos that covers, um, what's it called? It's not desk hygiene, um, but more or less having a clear desk, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and the converse side of that discussion too, though, to play the other, other side of the fence, if the exp, if an expectation has been placed on the teachers for like a, an emergency reun, reunification app to be placed on their phone in the incident that you would have a fire drill or God forbid a mass shooter event, and you're evacuating the building and you have a roster on your phone, there is an expectation then at that at that time for the teacher to have a phone on them at all times. So it's a, it's a, that's,
2: that's in, that's in your face, Josh, that teacher was just thinking about school safety and student reunification. That's why the phone's sitting on the desk. I was
0: just going to say that it becomes, it becomes (laughs) a very weird line to walk. Um, well,
1: I think that phone was actually there because that school district just rolled out two-step verification and made all the teachers use their personal phones for it. So, Mark, there you go. <laughs> I got to
2: do two-step all there the time. There you go,
1: Mark. Maybe that's why. We're going to have to go
0: to that person and oh, we're going to no. get on K12 Tech Pro and, and make some comments here. You know, if you wouldn't require MFA, this wouldn't have happened. Um, I looked in the mirror and I realized the villain was me. <laughs> I, th- I think it's all really good conversation. Um, and that this cell phone story is wild. I was reading it today with, with the guys right. in my office. I'm like, Holy cow. Like, so then you wonder
2: what's the, a- cause that percentage of chance. Yeah. It's the bad yeah. kid. You,
0: you like there's probably one or two kids in a student population that, that would be able to do that or willing to do that or know how, um, yeah. Just totally wild. And then, you know, of course you, you wonder what, what's the outcome there. Did the authorities get involved? Yeah. a it's it, very, very interesting story for me. Um, let's see. That's all the notes I have. Gentlemen, Chris, do you have any hot burning topics that you would like to talk about?
1: Do I do not. not.
0: Well, that's unfortunate. Mark, do you have anything?
1: No, no, that was it. You guys took all my sunshine.
0: David from NTP did email me and tell me that he does have something that he wanted us to talk about or wanted me to talk about. Um, So you're not done yet. NTP, if you are a Sentinel One customer and renewal is coming up or you just want it, maybe you're not a Sentinel One customer. Chris, I know you're not a Sentinel One customer. Um, If you're looking at just making sure that whatever EDR vendor you have is giving you the best price they can, call David or email David, dren, W-R-E-N, at ntp-inc.com. David and his crew over there can give you a managed EDR for I can almost guarantee cheaper than what you're paying for your current base level non-managed EDR. <clears throat> so give David an email and see what he can do for you. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll just go from there. Any closing thoughts, guys? And that's the Josh guarantee. No, we're not guaranteeing anything. No, we're not guaranteeing anything, Chris. That That's how lawsuits happen. Nope, no guarantees. I said almost guarantee. Rewind it and listen. Uh, what uh, else wow. is going on, guys? Anything? Okay. okay.
2: I don't want to talk All about right. anything else.
0: Follow us on Twitter k12 tech talk pod shoot us an email k12 tech talk at gmail.com like i said earlier we are on youtube now hopefully this video gets uploaded uh, we'll we'll massage it and add some audio to it and mark i'm mark might let me edit it we'll see if he uh gets all fancy with editing with it or not um mm. but yeah find our youtube channel and subscribe Share us with your friends. Uh, We keep growing. We're almost to the point where we are going to hit the point where we have doubled downloads from last year. We are almost there. Mm. So uh, if you share us a couple more times with your meeting groups or other districts or your state distribution lists, we love getting emailed out to state distribution lists. It helps. Uh, So yeah, share us with your friends. And I guess Chris's dog is hungry and we will see you next week. Right, Chris?
2: We are K12 Tech Talk and so are you. The views
1: and opinions expressed on the K12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.